I'm Zack Snyder. And I'm Aiden Matthews. Welcome back to another YouTube podcast, the one-stop shop for anything and everything related to YouTube. The show where we are recording this at 8 a.m. <laughs> and Ooh. weirdly enough, I feel more tired than when we record these at 11 p.m. or 12 p.m. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Perhaps it's because we haven't slept. Ooh. <gasps> Take a guess. That could Take a be, guess. That could be it. I woke up at 3.30 in the morning. So I'm a little bit better right now. I'm okay. Well, I got up at 10 p.m. So but you've been up since 10 p.m. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> how's that? How's the health challenge, sleep schedule, shit going? That's, that's the real question. That's that's been the only rough part of it though, because I still be drinking water, still be yeah. showering, haven't walked in a that's long good. time. I need, need to be walking more. Right, it'd be cold though, but it's starting to get it's starting to heat up a little bit, so I think I can start walking again. Weather finally been been doing good out here. Well, the problem now is like if I go outside, I might get corona. So yeah. I don't yeah, know if I really want to walk like anymore. <laughs> Y'all. But I will say, uh, I was getting really bored of Pokemon Go for a little bit. And then during the coronavirus shit, they were like, yo, we're just going to give everybody 30 incense. And they're going to work like 10 times more effectively. And they're going to last for 30 minutes more. So yeah. now I can just like chill at home and catch a bunch of pokemon and they got like this battle like league going on right now and you don't have to walk for it anymore for a little while damn so, like, if i want to i can just spend like hours on pokemon go they really trying to sucker you back in they do be for a social game too they'd be like well i guess yeah. you could stay at home you know <laughs> i'm in, i'm enjoying that for sure <laughs> very much but this isn't the pokemon go and coronavirus podcast it's another YouTube podcast, and with our new schedule, we're not doing your week on YouTube anymore on every episode. If you hadn't heard in the last episode, me and Zach decided to change up the format where your week on YouTube will be uh, once every two weeks, and then these <laughs> kind of topic episodes will still be here. So it's like we took the old podcast and separated them into two separate episodes. So if you want... Hey, how's Zach and Aiden's YouTube life been? Go check out the previous episode and then come back to here. Because this is just going to be the topic. We're not going to really be talking about our weeks on YouTube. But what's nice is you don't necessarily have to listen to them in order anymore. So it's oh, just yeah. like, you know, you can listen to this episode and then go back and listen to the last episode. Or you can go listen to the last episode first and then watch this one. So it's really up to you. Whichever order is fine with epic. Us. As long as we begin that watch time. <laughs> That's what really matters. Exactly. But with that said, what is our main topic today? Our main topic today is going to be content creation in 2020. But you already did a 2020. No, not for us. <laughs> I mean, an in general strategy plan for tackling the wonderful world of content creation in the year 2020. Keep in mind. If you be listening to this episode in 2021, some of this information going to be stupid. You know, some of the information mm. in the 2018 one is kind of stupid. Some this of it in the true. 2019 one kind of stupid now. But if you're listening to this in the current year, hopefully this shit will be helpful. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we're hoping. And also keep in mind that some of the information may still be like evergreen. Like a lot of our all of our information in the 2018 and 2019 episodes still pretty much apply now there's just going to be some differences because 
trends change, YouTube changes, content creation changes. And so that's why we're doing an updated version of this episode because I don't know about Aiden, but I feel like I have a lot <laughs> that has changed over the past year as same. far as content strategies for other people. Same, 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 same. And I want to get into all that, but first, uh-huh. we're going to have to take a little break from that and do something oh. far more epic. All right. Oh, shit. Now, it's been no. four months since we've said the, the, the holy name. But, uh, guys, this episode uh-huh. today <laughs> is fucking sponsored. Oh, shit. By the lovely people at Awesome Creator Academy. Heck yeah. Whew, let me take a moment. Hold on. Oh, yeah, baby. Okay, <laughs> All right. Our sponsor today is Awesome Creator Academy with the YouTube Starter Kit. If you're getting started on YouTube, let's say you are this year, 2020, right? We're talking about Mm -hmm. these sort of things. If you're getting started and you have a little bit of money to throw around, why not check out the YouTube Starter Kit? For $99, you get Mm. over $1,500 of value in dozens of downloads from templates for advanced YouTube thumbnails, channel artwork, in cards, and lower thirds to royalty-free background music, fonts, and guess what, Zach? Guess what? What? what, what and what fucking else? more. <laughs> more. Oh, shit. Pay once and have unlimited access to future downloads as they come out. Check out the link in the description or the show notes. And in doing so, you'll be supporting another YouTube podcast. Woo! Hit him with that it. That do be sounding pretty epic. But, Hit him with of it. course... You don't have $100 and you still want to support the podcast. Then you can become a supporter on Anchor. That's right. At anchor.fm slash another dash YouTube dash podcast link in the show notes. You can become a supporter of us on Anchor. You you can decide to support us either at a dollar or $5 or $10 a month. Mm-hmm. And then we'll read your name on the podcast. Wow. Well, thank you. No, wow. Thank you. You know, we want to do this podcast as long as possible. And obviously we're working on making it as consistent as we can. But as the more financial support that we can get through the podcast, the easier it will be in the long run to maintain a consistent schedule. Preach, Zachary. Preach. I stand by that 100%. Thank you to the lovely folks at Awesome Creator Academy. And Roberto, I know you've been missing us. I know you've been wondering. Mm -hmm. Where are the ads coming in? Well, we're back, baby. All right. <laughs> if your business starts to see an upkeep by thousands and thousands of dollars out of nowhere, and you're like, where did this come from? I wonder. Now you'll know. <laughs> now you'll from, know. From another YouTube podcast. Love you. Love or those enough. boys. Go check it out. It's really yeah, epic. Real talk. Real talk. Really do appreciate them. Uh, they, he's going to be adding some new, some more new stuff soon. I think he was talking about doing... Not only more like live stream templates, but things like, what is it called? Uh, Like when you're talking to a business and you're trying to like get your content out there and get some advertisements and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. like some, some templates for that kind of thing. So like big boy stuff as well as like new boy stuff. So get a little bit of everything. There's There's a lot. There's a lot of value there for sure. I'd recommend it to just about anybody doing YouTube. I would too. But <gasps> let's get into that main topic, boy. Let's get into that main topic. So 
content creation in 2020, whether you're somebody new, just starting out, or you've been around the block, some of us more than others, um, you know, Zach over there looking like a Katie man at this point in the content creation game. But you know what? There's a lot of... <laughs> There's a lot of different things about content creation this year. There's also a lot of shit that stayed the same as well. And so for the next however many hours this podcast is, I just want to kind of talk about it. Get a little bit of a lowdown. Kind of let you in on what we're feeling, what we're thinking is going to happen, and all that sort of fun stuff. And I guess my question for you, Zachary, and I'm going to hit you with the big one right away, Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. it seems each year we do these things, there's kind of a trend. So, like, the 2018 one was like, yo, live streaming, kind of epic, especially on YouTube. You should get on that. That's 2019 true. That's true. comes around. We're like, yo, podcast's still cool, but you know what really be popping off this year? Podcasts. You need to be getting podcasts up, especially on Anchor, all these other different platforms, all that sort of stuff. It's kind of a big takeaway. Where are you feeling is the next New Horizon for 2020, the thing that maybe people aren't thinking about right now, then you know the next up and comer when it comes to content creation this year. I'm gonna hit you up with a wild in one. Ooh, TikTok on That's what the I thought clock. You were say. <laughs> That's what I actually thought you were gonna say, but no, this is okay, a really good, good answer. Yeah. I, I, I My girl Kesha be be preaching it since 2010. Mm-hmm. Little did she know it'd be the future of content creation, TikTok and short form content in general, I think is really the the big next step in not only putting your current content out, you know, turning your turning your big boy projects into smaller content and posting them in different places like TikTok or LinkedIn or Instagram. And we'll get into those specifics. But also just in general, I think I think a lot of people might find it that they're more suited for doing short form content on these platforms rather than doing YouTube or podcasts or live streaming. Some people are, I think are better built for that skill set. And even if you're not, I think it's still a really good opportunity to, to do stuff like this because what doing short form content, I think teaches you if you are the type of person like me or Zach, who does a lot of longer form stuff is really like how to manage your time and to tell a really good story within a certain limit. I think it's a great opportunity for a lot of people who like, don't edit that much or like mm-hmm. have a hard time making a concise video that flows TikTok all about getting the most out of the time you have and making it flow really well uh i think that's just a really good skill set for anybody to learn whether you're on TikTok or not this is true but uh but aiden TikTok is for children yeah and 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 boomers and business people and and anybody and anybody turns anybody out if you want to the opportunity's there. And I think what we're seeing, at least from what Zach's told me, is that the fucking, the number behind it, growth be wilding on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can literally post tomorrow on a brand new account. And because there's so little content and so many people watching, it's kind of like YouTube back in the day or Instagram back when it was first getting started to where you can get like a couple hundred views on a, on a video on TikTok on a brand new account out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. It's, it's pretty crazy. I can't, I can't believe how many more people have seen some of my content on TikTok over like the amount of edited content that I've put on some of these like YouTube videos. There's just a it's smaller barrier ridiculous. to entry. I think is like, 
we very much live where in a world where a lot of people's first and maybe only computer is their phone and they view mm-hmm. a lot of different content through their phone and guess what like apps into stuff that's designed for the phone is typically going to do better than having to go to safari or the fucking youtube app to watch a video that's not even really meant for a phone um and i'll even move it outside the realm of tiktok of like instagram or Mm -hmm. i won't say ig video but like highlights or shorter form stuff or like hell even stardust if that's the type of shit you're on like whatever uh short form video in general has been kind of a thing we've been seeing bubbling up and we've talked about before on the podcast Mm -hmm, Uh, for sure but tiktok is definitely the place to be if you're like trying to pick one of them (laughs) I i think so i i think that if you are just getting started in content creation in 2020 you've never made a youtube video you've never made a podcast or a live stream or anything like that i would argue that you should just get a tiktok account and start there I wouldn't even argue that you should start YouTube first. I would say start on TikTok, see what you like doing, see what kind of content you can make doing, you make there. And then if you feel like those skills can be transferred to making, making YouTube videos, then you can, you can move it there. But it's, I know people in our group specifically that even could do well on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's kind of crazy. In fact, I, I've already told Calfrell that he should he should be posting his shit to, to TikTok immediately. Right. Uh, patient with stream high or with smash videos, like they're so short anyways. If she could make sure that her internet works well enough to upload those to TikTok, I think she could do really well there. Like it's it's crazy. Parker and his like short form like live action stuff. Yeah, and Parker one. is on TikTok. He's he already he's, doing well. <laughs> he had a viral video on there. He had like millions of views on there. It's crazy. I know. Fucking Parker Mild be making money moves Dude. on TikTok. Uh, I, I I'd even say if you're not new, if you're in the camp of like me and Zach, where it's like you very clearly like YouTube and you like what you're doing on YouTube, that's fine. I would use the strategy of like making some original content on TikTok, trying it out, learning how to make videos in shorter forms and and having some of that potentially lead back to your YouTube or whatever you're working on because like frankly sure. if you can build a big enough audience on TikTok, not all of them are going to follow you, but there there could be a couple if you get the right people involved and if you really like show your strengths. Um I think it's a great opportunity to like get a bit of an audience that way because Short form content doesn't really work all that well on YouTube, at least not algorithmically. Um, right. And I think it's it's a lot harder to get your longer form stuff seen by a lot of new people. TikTok, pretty, it's not new, but it, newer. Um, and it really does do a good job at like sharing what's already made. And if, you're, if your goal, like a lot of us smaller YouTubers are, uh, I don't even like the term small YouTubers. If you're like yeah, a lot of other same. YouTubers, you're trying to get a lot of eyes on you, right? You're trying to build an audience first and foremost before money or anything else. Uh, TikTok, I think, is the fastest way to do that currently. I think so. YouTube or I, otherwise. I absolutely think so. I I did want to go ahead and mention a couple of the, the negatives about it because go it's ahead. just such a new platform. It's only been around for about a year or so. Used to be Musical.ly for anybody that knows about that app. But the, the, the main negatives that I'm figuring out right now is that I don't know what to post or when to post. And it's not like it's not like YouTube where you can search for something and find content related to what you're looking for. It's, it's very much like algorithmic based. You as a viewer 
have to watch stuff and decide whether or not you liked watching it. And TikTok takes, you know, the the amount of times you viewed that video, whether you liked it, whether you scrolled past it. It takes that and creates a feed of of content for you to watch. So more like Vine, right? Right, right. Discoverability is so vast because there's not as many people making content for the platform and because of the way the algorithm is made. But as a creator, it can be a little bit frustrating not knowing what's working, what's not working. And so I, I, I am confused as to like what I should even post on there. Mm-hmm. It, it It's constantly like, I don't know. I've done... I've done a lot of comedy based things. I've even put like some some stream highlights recently and those have done better than some of my original comedy stuff. So I think the way that I'm going to handle it personally is I'm just going to post everything that I think might be funny or entertaining in some regards. See what sticks. And just see what sticks because I genuinely have no idea. That's fair. I don't think a lot of people do currently. <laughs> I, I don't either. And it's even not not to the point where... It doesn't even necessarily have to be comedic or music related or anything like that because there's a lot of people that are doing really well giving advice on entrepreneurship on there or talking Jay, about movies. Jay had talked about a guy who just did like movie reviews on his TikTok, like a really short yeah. form movie reviews. And he found a guy through there and eventually followed him back to his YouTube. And apparently, from what Jay was saying, that shit been working both on TikTok and on YouTube recently. So Definitely. Definitely. I follow some visual effects artists on there. I follow some, like, it's a lot of different things. It's definitely a lot of different things. You don't have to do the funny music or be a memer, right, to put your shit on TikTok as long as you, like, if it's good, it's good. You know, it'll show up. You know what the ultimate TikTok hack is, though? Uh Be a baddie. Damn. This be a true. baddie, and then you'll you'll get thirty five million followers. This is go. true on Instagram as well. I, I this like is that. true on Instagram, but I feel like it's even more so on TikTok. Baddies, baddies. If there are any baddies listening to this podcast, first off, uh, <laughs> oh boy, y'all. please uh use the email another yt podcast at gmail <laughs> to, to confirm that. Secondly, begin on TikTok if you ain't already. Do your thing, Definitely. girl. Damn. Definitely. Bam. Do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> but even if you're not going to do TikTok and you're like, no, I'm still not doing it. I still recommend like things like Instagram making highlights mm. has been something that like kind of was the start of a lot of LHG's early growth. Uh, and unfortunately, we stopped doing that. But now Jay's been bringing it back, being showing highlights and a couple of them are getting views. And uh coincidentally we also gained two subs in that same period so yeah i i I knew it from early on it's like highlights if you can post them on twitter and instagram and post them pretty regularly i i do think that people will come back and follow you on twitch or youtube if you're doing any kind of gaming content even on even on twitter i was doing a thing where like i just had one thread where i'm like yo you want to ask ethan a question leave a question and you get a one minute response. And I just follow Ethan all day with the phone, answering questions in random locations. And people like the shit out of that. Like yeah. sh- short minute vlogs, slice of life stuff, movie reviews, whatever. Um, there's an audience for it. And typically like they do pretty well just cause again, it's not a commitment to watch a minute long thing. Uh, but that one this minute could be crucial to getting the right eyeballs on you and lead to so many other things. 
And I'll, I'll follow that up by talking about LinkedIn really quickly, oh, yeah, because yeah. if if you're in the corporate world, you make what some people might consider to be boring content, content specifically designed for like your target audience so that hopefully somebody will buy a product from you or a service from you. Making short form content on LinkedIn and TikTok and Instagram and all these platforms is like your in to to content fame. It's the number one way that you can succeed in the content game. Um, Absolutely. I, I do a lot of editing for like different clients just just on like LinkedIn content. Like that's that's the only thing they're paying me to do is edit pieces of content for LinkedIn. And it's literally they, they did a live stream that day. I find little highlights from the live stream. I put some fancy visuals on there put the captions on there and then they upload it and it gets significantly more views than the live stream did. Absolutely. So there's an art, there's an art to taking bits and pieces from longer content and then repurposing it elsewhere. Uh, that's another strategy, but like, keep in mind, you gotta like have the time to caption all that shit and that can, yeah, a lot of work. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not something that I think everybody can do right off the bat, but, uh, You'll be surprised at how how efficient you can get it. You can get one minute clips captioned for a dollar twenty five cents on Rev.com. Mm-hmm. I need to see if we can get them as a sponsor because I use them oh, that'd for be some epic. of this client stuff. Hit us up. Y'all heard the y'all heard the ad at the beginning, Rev, so I'm just saying <laughs> you that could be know. you. That could be you. You already know. That could be you. But yeah, I But it's I, like, yeah. It, absolutely it's very agree. helpful. I absolutely agree. Short form video, I think is going to be really, really cool. And I'm like, unlike with live streaming and podcasting, right? I already kind of experimented with it and like found a lot of success in that. This is one of those where like, I, I haven't really done a whole lot with it outside of YouTube and, and Jay with the highlights. So like, I'm interested in learning like Instagram and I'm interested in putting videos on, on Twitter and, you know, eventually trying TikTok one day when I get like a really good idea for it. But like, mm-hmm. uh, I think all of it, whether whether you attend on doing it or not, whether it's your long-term game or not, I think right now when we're talking about like 2020 landscape, that's that's the place to go at the moment. Definitely. So, yeah. Well, there you go. So if you just wanted that, there you go. I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. But uh, <laughs> don't leave yet because we got, we got more shit to talk about, more things to talk about. This uh, is true. I, I guess I want to I wanna kind of – I don't want to get to YouTube quite yet, but I guess with with other socials and with other with other like forms of content, whether it's live streaming and podcasts, like where do you sort of stand on all of those? I mean, right. I, I think one. we should go through them and kind of yeah. update our, our new thoughts on them because I know mine have definitely changed for some. Mine of these. have too. <laughs> well, let's let's start with podcasts then, because we're okay. we're clearly still doing podcasts. Uh, I think that podcasts are still just as big, if not bigger than they were a year ago. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing a podcast, you probably should be doing a podcast. Well, like, was it this year that like they have now, um, like Amazon echo and like cars now or some shit? Yeah. 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 They have, they have watches, they have little mini devices and like now more than ever, whether it's on your phone or at home or whatever, there's there's a there's so many ways you can listen to audio, and I just think like we saw a big podcasting boom kind of form around that, and a lot of the people that were there early on have grown tremendously from it. The thing mm-hmm. I would add though 
is that unfortunately I would say that like it's starting to get a bit more saturated. I'm not going to say oversaturated because we're certainly not there yet. For sure. But the past year or so, it feels like every YouTuber and their mother started a podcast. Not all of them are good and not all this of them have true. stuck around, unfortunately. Um, this is definitely true. And so just know, like, there's a little bit more competition this this time around. But, like, if you're actually committed to it and if you love doing it, I still think it's it's a great it's a great way to go, especially just getting your getting you kind of adjusted to like audio specific content. It's it's a whole nother world from just visual YouTube stuff. And I still really enjoy it with Ain't on Anchor and this podcast and Game Club. I clearly love podcasts. I love talking to myself. Mm-hmm. It's fun. <laughs> it do be. I, I really like podcasts, too. I think that I could do podcasts full time if it was just podcasts. I think I'd be OK with it mm-hmm. um, to a certain extent, because I I'll, video editing has been something that I've really, really loved doing lately. Right. But I, podcasts are weird because, number one, I have actively heard people in real life talk about listening to podcasts lately. Uh, there was like, there's like a 60 year old woman that worked with me in this tax office and she was kind of asking me what I did outside of the tax job. And I was kind of explaining a little bit of what I did and mentioned how like eventually I want to be able to do my own videos and live streams and podcasts on my own. And she said, Oh, you do podcasts. She said, I like, I, I have a couple of favorite podcasts that I listen to. And I'm like, Oh really? Wow. This 60 year old woman is listening to podcasts. So it's like, it's, it's very clearly something that more and more people are listening to. Mm -hmm. However, I think, I think where the saturation comes from is not necessarily in the content that is out there. I, th- I think there's a lot of openings for for just about anybody to start a podcast about something that they're super passionate about. I, I think where the saturation comes into play is, from from what I understand, most people that listen to a podcast only listen to one or two, and they don't listen to too many of them. Right. Because they are still very the case much for commitments. You. Yeah. I mean, I, I follow a very specific, like, group of them, and it's very mm-hmm. hard for me to, like, give an hour of my day to get into a new podcast, you know? I, I love Definitely. when I listen to them, but in terms of, like, clicking on a new video or, you know, reading something, getting involved in a new podcast like that is a tremendous amount of work, and with so many options that are out there now, it can be even harder. But uh, I typically tend to follow, like, everybody in the main circle, and then... uh. One of them that I've been really liking recently is like nonprofit. It's like the it's Alex from the Completionist and Satch from oh, okay. the Normal Boots, and That's they basically dope. they talk about things and then try to predict the future of said things. And the reason I it's heard called, about that, yeah, the reason it's called nonprofit is because like they're not claiming to be that; they just sort of talk about shit, and it's like really interesting. A lot of the uh, the episodes. There's one on convenience. There's one on awards. All this sort of stuff. And I really enjoyed that. But like, I knew I had known about that podcast for months, and they hadn't really like had the time to put effort into it to listen to it until very recently. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it's there are so many podcasts that I could be listening to on a regular basis, especially like. The, the type of person I am where I'm just so interested in so many different topics, dude, my entire media consumption could just be podcasts easily tomorrow. I could just change it to that. But there's so many out there. And yeah, I only listen to a handful at the moment just because I can't keep up with everything. Like 
at most, you could listen to like twelve one hour podcasts and <laughs> yeah. it'd be fucking night. And then like most people, most people, I guarantee, you, like they listen to one podcast episode a day, and that's mm-hmm. typically about it. Um, I really like having Aiden on Anchor be thirty minutes in time because I know, like, number one, I can't talk that long to myself, uh, so I don't go past that. But it's mm-hmm. also, I think, a bit easier for people to get into if they only had 30 minutes and they can, like, read the description to see what the episode's about. So if it appeals to them, that's cool. So. If it doesn't, it's only 30 minutes of your time and you can move on, you know? I think I listen I listen to Aiden on Anchor, obviously. I listen to Jay's new podcast, obviously. Go check and that out. And then it's like, yeah, do go check that out. It's been epic. Mm-hmm. I listen to Game Club, new Lions on our gaming podcast. Go check that out. <gasps> It's been epic. And then it's like, I just started listening to Check the Wire, which is uh, this YouTuber named Northern Lion and his friend Dan Giesling, both like YouTubers and Twitch streamers. And they've been talking about their behind the scenes on YouTube and Twitch. So it's been really cool to listen to because it just started brand new. But then I I listen to Sardonicast, which is film related stuff, but I'm behind on that. There's so many episodes I haven't listened to yet because I either haven't watched the film or they're three and a half hours long to two hours long or whatever. I just hadn't had the time to catch up on them. I'm behind on H3H3. I got so far behind. Oh, just... I don't even listen to H3H3 anymore. It was over. <laughs> it's just so much. And there's there's a lot of podcasts where I know I could listen to on a regular basis and be entertained or educated. But yeah, I, I think what this tells me from a creator standpoint is if I'm going to create podcasts, I need to make sure that they are, number one, the value proposition is 100% there. People know what they're coming for. Number two, there is a distinct schedule, and it's like very strict. I think out of all the content we're going to talk about, podcasts having a schedule is probably the most important thing. Just because like there's so many other options, and it's so easy to get off a podcast... Uh, than it is like a certain channel or something like that. You really mm. can't afford to be having too many opportunities where just episodes don't show up because frankly, there are just so many other better ways and better podcasts that could hop onto that are more consistent. And Especially it's like, if it's a it, podcast, it, 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 it should be consistent anyway. Like it doesn't take that much time to make, right. <laughs> you know, like exactly. <laughs> it does depend on the niche. Like if you're doing a microbiology podcast, you probably could get away with posting whenever you wanted to and people would still listen to it because they're obviously there for a very specific niche. If you're a gaming podcast in 2020, you better have your strict schedule <laughs> like, or people aren't going to continue listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then like but, outside of that, like be sure it's distributed to as many places as possible. Be mm-hmm. sure like you're building an active listener base that like, follows that sort of stuff uh if you can even do things like we're doing where we're getting sponsors and we're able to easily monetize that anchor even when you start a podcast on there you like have ads right away that you could be putting on there like outside of the general stuff i'd say that's the main thing is just having a schedule is really important i think that's been one of the really cool things that have stayed the same uh or even gotten better over the last couple years as we've done this podcast is that Anchor is still the best place to start any kind of podcast. I still agree. Yep. Well, yeah. It's funny we're talking about consistency on a podcast that's not even that it's consistent. It's not consistent. Yeah, I know. But whatever. I know. We're, we're like YouTube help. Like, you know. Yeah. We're it's the type of niche you get. 
<laughs> that's the type of content you get whatever it's about the experience okay it's it is we have to experiment with things to let you know what works and what doesn't work obviously not being consistent doesn't work the results have come in everybody uh we figured out that so... not having consistency for this podcast is bad all right after extensive testing and multiple hiatuses <laughs> we've come to the conclusion <laughs> <laughs> that it's not helpful everything's a learning experience man absolutely it's all it's all about learning knowledge here so but epic yeah we move on now i don't want to talk about podcasts no more so yeah please let's move on let's move on now (laughs) to the year before's big thing uh live streaming um spicy i have been watching a channel called alpha gaming for like who i think since we stopped like doing the podcast or whatever and when okay. I really got back into building my Twitch and all that sort of stuff, he's the guy that kind of inspired that. And he mm-hmm. has mentioned so much, like, really good knowledge about live about streaming it. shit that, like, I really haven't had, like, a good place to talk about it other than, like, occasional ain't on anchor shit. So I'm actually really excited to talk about uh, live streaming here. That's dope. Well, let me know, because I, I have been getting a little bit more into the nitty gritty on, like, Fixing my OBS settings, making my audio a little bit better. Um, I definitely want to schedule at some point, but every single time I figure one out, it's like it doesn't actually work. So right. that kind of be a little sucky. But let me know what you've learned with, with the live streaming then. Okay, so for starters, if you are just the man streaming, if streaming is your 100% and only like goal, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, he mentions that uh, the first thing you probably need to do is just like build other social medias and build other platforms. I mean, like that's fairly obvious just because we've talked about that, that if you're on YouTube, you should probably be on other socials so that you can get a bit of a following from that. For Twitch, it's doubly so because the discoverability on the platform is ass. It's garbage. It's (laughs) absolutely garbage. You're not discovering new streamers through Twitch. You're clicking on games and then clicking the top two. Or you're seeing what Twitch is recommending on its home page, which is not smaller streamers. And uh, I don't know if you've tried looking up other people's stuff. Um, it's not good. It's not intuitive. It's not fun at all. Mm-hmm. Twitch's discoverability is ass. So if you're just the kind of guy who's like, I just want to stream, you're going to have to start be doing things that aren't just streaming. Even if that means, and this is something interesting, even if that means you stop daily streaming, uh... It, you'd be better off streaming two or three times a week and spending the other days working on either YouTube content. He's mentioned TikTok and Instagram type stuff, mm-hmm. Twitter, a podcast, anything, and then using these more discoverable platforms to lead back to Twitch. You can still do Twitch as your main thing, but you're literally better off spending that time streaming less uh, and using that extra time to get more people to follow you through original content. I've been hearing very similar things from that uh, Check the Wire podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like the, these are two these are two gamers that have been on YouTube for quite a while now, but they're also very prevalent streamers. And arguably, they they say that they do better on Twitch than they do on YouTube. But it's they've only been able to do as well as they have been on YouTube or on Twitch because they have YouTube channels where they do Twitch vods and edit it down a little bit. And they have other content on YouTube. They have TikTok now. They're they're killing it on TikToks recently, which is dope. Um, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's like the the idea of just being a streamer is not 
possible anymore, I would argue. I'd say you could do it probably with podcasts, but I don't think it, there's a there's a good world. The people who are doing it are people who are already established. So if you already, already have established. the Twitch mm-hmm. following, go ahead. But otherwise, don't even bother. Or, or if you're like, I just want to stream. I have a daytime job. I'm going to stream as soon as I get home every single day from my for my daytime job and hope that it builds up in the next 10 years, then do that. If you got time, you got time and patience and you're not worried about monetizing anything, then you absolutely can still build up your Twitch channel that way. But if you're like wanting to actively grow, you're going to have to like do something outside of Twitch, unfortunately. And that's, that's how it worked on my YouTube channel. When I did YouTube streaming, that's how it works now. And the fact that I have discord people come to my streams and not really that many new people occasionally, like, Mm-hmm. That's how you get an audience on, on streaming platforms like that is that has to come from other places because, and here's the thing, kind of similar to podcasts, when people are done watching a stream, their first instinct is not to watch another stream. They go to YouTube or they go yeah. to Twitter or they go to podcasts. They get their fix elsewhere. Streams are long commitments of time. In some cases, even four or five hours. The last thing people want to do when they sit through a long stream like that is to go browse for another one. Which means that a lot of people stick to their two or three or four favorite streamers. Occasionally find new people if they're not playing the games that they're interested in. And spend most of their time on YouTube and other platforms. Mm -hmm. That's the case for Twitch. And that's the case for all the other major live streaming platforms right now. I think that's what's so frustrating as a Twitch creator like I'm not much of a Twitch viewer, so it's very hard for me to gauge what other viewers are doing because I don't watch streams regularly. Mm-hmm. I watch I don't even watch the homie streams that often because it's so much of a time commitment to where I like I got to be willing to not do pretty much anything else except watch that stream. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so you're you're absolutely right. It's you got to kind of have you have to have that other content. The other thing I've been hearing, and this is a bit more on the sort of theoretical end, is that obviously there's been a lot of competition recently. Twitch is not exactly the king of the throne as it used to be in this past year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mixer and YouTube and Facebook and all these other platforms are trying to get more into live streaming. And that has not yet taken a substantial chunk out of Twitch yet. They are still by far the market leader. But it does seem to be leading the other way. And a lot of that has to do with just the amount of money we're seeing a lot of companies finally putting to live streams. Whether it's buying other Twitch streamers, improving their own platform, uh, or doing things like YouTube did where they literally like paid Blizzard to be sure that all their Overwatch competitive games were streamed on YouTube. Uh, And for things like YouTube and for Facebook, they can play the long game. And Amazon could potentially play the long game, but it seems like for once, finally, Twitch is starting to lose a bit of that dominance that they've had from the beginning. And that's good. I think competition is a good thing. I think that's an interesting thing. I wouldn't tell anybody to jump the ship from Twitch yet. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say start on Mixer, start on YouTube, or start on Facebook. But potentially, judging based on the size that you are and the type of content that you want to make... Twitch is no longer automatically the 100% answer of where you should go. I agree. Twitch is, I mean, since it is backed by Amazon, we definitely have been seeing a lot of positive changes on the platform over the last year. Mm -hmm. They they have been actively fixing things and making things new and adding new features and stuff like that, which is good. 
Uh, I would still argue that Twitch is probably still going to be around for a very long time. I don't see it disappearing. No. But, no, you're right. There's there's definitely more options to start. Mixer is a big one. DLive. DLive has PewDiePie streaming over there, so it's still a big one, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook, you could argue, is, is one, but I don't want to use it out of principle anymore. And then, and then YouTube. YouTube, obviously, if you're doing, you know, gaming content on YouTube or if you have a show or a podcast or something that you want to live stream, then YouTube is probably one of the biggest ones that you can pick. But I think if you're just starting out, I still think Restream is probably your best bet. <laughs> See, that's interesting because he actually mentioned that Restream was a bad thing. And this was really? this was news to me. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up because I totally forgot about it, but... Okay. He argues in several videos that the idea of restreaming comes off as desperate, which I don't know if you necessarily really? agree with or not, but like the hmm. idea that you're having to stream to multiple platforms to essentially have a big sign on yourself, like begging for attention, <laughs> it can kind of be putting you in a bad light. Uh, hmm. And I, I partially agree with that. I don't, I don't know. There's not a whole lot of data in that yet, per se. Um, he just argues that it can kind of seem that it can come off desperate if you're trying to have a YouTube mixer and Twitch audience all at the same time and you can't commit to any of them, especially when you're just starting out. I would disagree. I kind of get where it's coming from. I kind of get where he's coming from. However, I see it more as a distribution thing (laughs) where it's like similar to podcasts where you could just have your podcast on iTunes. You could just have it on Spotify but you're shooting yourself in the foot because not everybody listens to Spotify. Not everybody listens to iTunes. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're just getting started and you don't even know if you're going to like streaming to begin with. Like it's, I, I feel like it's a lot better for you to have the opportunity to have one or two extra viewers in your chat to help you get that. You, you know how it is when you're just starting out streaming. It's not Absolutely. particularly fun to try to entertain an audience that doesn't exist. So I, when you use Restream, it allows you to have not only that distribution thing where like people are able to watch you wherever they want to watch you at, but also it potentially will get more eyes on you to the point where like maybe you'll get more comfortable with streaming a little bit quicker. I, I will say that I think it's Restream is at its best as a tool early on. When you are brand new to streaming and when you are trying to experiment, especially in a world now where they're all kind of competing with each other, being able to kind of like get bits and pieces and taste of all these platforms, I think is a good thing. I just don't see it as like a very long term thing. And uh, I think that's I don't think it's a long term thing. I think it's backed up by the fact that like most people stop doing it once they've found their platform. And I think like once you have, there's not really a good reason to continue doing it. The the problems that I found. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I wouldn't the, the problems that I found with like Restream specifically is like once you get that Twitch affiliate program, you're legally not allowed to Restream. Right. They won't let you stream not the same platforms time. at once. Right. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, well, then I'm not going to spend time streaming to Mixer as well as Twitch every single week when I can barely contain, I can barely keep a consistent Twitch schedule. But if you're streaming... If you're just streaming and you're trying to make that your full-time gig and you have enough time to stream every single day, 
then maybe you could do two to three days on Twitch, two to three days on Mixer every single week and figure out what works for you that way. I've seen people do that for sure. Even then, I'd, I'd rather... I'd rather you spend that time getting more content out on YouTube and Twitter than trying to do that, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. I just think that's a, that's a better use of time. But no, if you're just starting out and you have like no idea where to go, that could be fine. I just don't like, mm-hmm. I think it's better to spend that time elsewhere personally. Definitely. Um, I guess the last thing, and then we can kind of move on from live streaming is just that like, we've obviously talked about the perspective of people who were just live streaming and were just working on that. But from your and my perspective, where we are not very much full-time streamers, we rarely even have a schedule from day to day, uh, the, the bit of advice I would have is to use streaming in a way that is beneficial and helps connect to your other sort of content. For me, mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity to interact with the people in the Discord uh, more often. It's also a great opportunity to get through my backlog because I want to talk about a lot of games on back <laughs> sure. video games, and I don't necessarily want to let's play them all on LHG. So having a live stream, uh, I think is a great way to do that. It gives me a great excuse to go through a lot of games like that. It's also, I found a great like forum to like bring up new ideas. If it's the type of shit where you're like, I want to know how my audience would react. If I made a slight change, Twitch is going to be the fastest way you're going to get answers. Um, because they're right there in the live chat. Um, and I've done that before uh, with making thumbnails, with busy work, with editing, shit like that, important things like that. Uh, I, I think it's a good idea to stream some of that shit if you can. If you know, if you want to keep it secret, that's cool. But like, share a lot of that creative process on Twitch. It doesn't have to be just a gaming thing. It can connect with your other socials and whatever projects you're working on. And I feel like a lot of people just use it to be like, oh, I just want to stream games, and you can just stream games. But if you're intentional about it and smart about it, I think it can really tie into a lot of great shit if, if you know what you're doing. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. There, there's definitely the potential of using streaming as another connection to your audience and, mm-hmm. and doing it, and like you said, intentionally and, and having that, you know, a little bit of consistency with it. It could be more than just playing games. And I, you could even be better off that way, I think. Because, you know, like, the stuff you do creatively already does set you out apart from the pack of just 100 people playing Fortnite, right? Like, mm-hmm. And that's interesting to people, and people will come to watch that, you know? It, it's more important that you that you do things that you like and you're passionate about than trying to game the system of Twitch by playing big popular games because you're not going to get noticed by doing that, you know? You're not, and you might Especially as well not through Twitch. Place. Yeah. If you do it through YouTube and you like make a Fortnite channel and then lead it back to Twitch, sure. But you're not going to get discovered just by playing what everybody else is playing on Twitch, unfortunately. Uh, outside from that, really work on your layouts. Uh, stinger transitions are kind of a big thing nowadays. Using DSLRs instead of webcams is kind of a big thing nowadays. Um, another slight thing that everybody could be doing is spending more time before you get into a game and just chatting. Just chatting mm-hmm. seems to be from from data that I've heard in graphs and even from this channel. Just chatting is the biggest growing category, and that's should be fairly obvious why that's the case. Because a lot of people come to streamers for personality type stuff. A lot of people really enjoy those like down moments in between games and matches when you're just chatting. And so, if you're not reading the chat, if you're just playing games, if you're just quiet, uh, we've mentioned this before, but it's not going to work. And if you are the type of dude that loves chatting and loves that personality stuff. 
it wouldn't hurt to add it more to your stream than you already do. Yeah, double just, down on it if you can. Yeah. That's just where where a lot of people are, are going now for streams like that is like talking, hanging out, vibing, occasional game stuff rather than the other way around. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. I, I'm listening uh that Check the Wire podcast with them both being mainly Twitch streamers. Um or not mainly, but they do a lot of Twitch streaming. Um they they talk a lot about presenting their streams as a show. Mm-hmm. So rather than just like just streaming a game the entire time, having it have more of a structure. They they do a thing called the the NLSS where it's like they stream one game, then they for an hour, they do another game for an hour, they do another game for an hour. The commentary is mostly based around like a group of friends talking about things more often than not. And so by kind of segmenting your stream into maybe not just the same game for, for 12 hours, it could definitely, I think, not only bring more people in because that variety, right, but also keep more people interested. Right. And so, like, I've been trying a lot recently for my own streams is, like, number one, I'm in just chatting for the first five or ten minutes. That's just the rule. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I don't get into the game right away. Number two, like, if I can at any point in time not use the game as a form of entertainment, whether that's, like, patient telling me to jump off a of bed or, like, you know, taking moments and chat things and, like, kind of using them in my own sort of way, kind of feeding off that energy and building a performance... Uh, that's really cool. I even mm. like fucking organized my game shelf one stream, and I know Jay fucking loved that shit. You know, like <laughs> okay, working on thumbnails, working on editing. You know, like uh, opening mail, uh, fan mail, like reading chat stuff, building fun little games, getting people in the chat involved in the games you're playing, um, playing guitar, <laughs> like whatever, whatever your strengths are. Like lean into that. It doesn't just have to be you play the game for twelve hours, you don't talk, and you shut it off. Like, yeah, for sure. There could be way more streams that are more your everyday nerd and less walkthrough of Chrono Trigger. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this is true. This is very true. And you come to find out who are the who are the big streamers on Twitch right now is those people who have the, a really great personality and who can build an entertaining show in a live format every week on times consistently. Because keep in mind that games are not are still as big as gaming is. It's still not like everybody. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is going to go to Twitch to watch just gaming. So even, so if you're not a gamer, there's probably a bigger chance for you to grow on Twitch than there is if you were. Yeah. So that can be very helpful. I'd say so. I think I'm still working on what I want to do with mine. I, I definitely feel like I could make it more show oriented, but I do want to get through my backlog. And since I don't play a whole lot of games outside of streaming uh it, it's it's been like the big place for me to play games right. so you know just, it's just be intentional about trial it. and the error, thing, for sure you know? just know what the purpose of, of your streams are whether you are the streamer guy or you just use streaming as a fun little outlet for something else whatever hopefully you hearing this and you getting you're getting ideas about what you could potentially do for your own streams so. definitely uh overall live streaming Still viable. It's in kind of a weird place right now with all these different platforms and, you know, numbers and all that sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, it's still changing. It could still change in the next year or so. Who knows? But for 2020, uh, it absolutely is still possible. But, like, kind of think a little bit outside the box for your own stream and try to figure out ways you could set yourself apart. Definitely. Cool. Have to agree. 
So that's it for live wow. streaming. What's what's next up on the docket? Exactly. Wow. We got to talk about social media. Yikes. <sighs> let's just, I figure, Lightning let's just round. go through all the major social media platforms, give our really quick thoughts, and move on. Lightning round, baby. Lightning let's round. do it. Yeah. Facebook. Doo-doo. <laughs> Doo-doo, stinky. Don't use it unless you're doing groups. Or live streaming. And even then, I don't even know if I'd say use live use it for live streaming. Apparently. I don't know. I think, I think if you are in boomer territory, I don't want to say that. That's kind of mean. I feel like if you are doing something that's not entertainment-based, if you're doing some kind of educational content, and you can set up a group surrounding that topic and give out helpful feedback to people in that group on a daily basis, and you can live stream inside the group, all that kind of stuff, I think that is where you're going to win on Facebook. Other than that, like, as as a creator that does entertainment-based content, I don't think it's for me anymore. It's not for me. I got rid of mine. And I'm LH. tired of it. So. Even, like, the pages. Like, I'm just kind of done with Facebook pages and most of what Facebook has to offer. But if you still Poopy. think that Facebook is viable for you, definitely go out and do your research a little bit more so that you can find the best ways to, to use it. Absolutely. What's next? Instagram. Instagram. What do you think? What do you think of my Instagram? So I don't really like, <laughs> I don't really use it a lot. I still don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to learn a bit more with like the LHG one specifically. Um, I think Instagram's kind of in, in one of those sort of weird spots where it's definitely like at the same time still relevant, but not quite as pippity popping off as yesteryear at the same time. Uh, it's kind of oversaturated a little bit yeah it's kind of going through it's like weird weird phase right now but there's still potential to use it uh if you're doing something cool or unique if you're doing photos it's a place to go you know absolutely there you go and then short based content if you're if you're already putting it up on linkedin and and tiktok there's no reason why you can't put it up on instagram instagram stories that's what you should be using Instagram for. Instagram stories. Kind of doing like daily vlog type stuff in there throughout the day can be very helpful. And you can, then you can potentially do a lot or a little with Instagram. There's a lot of room of like definitely. all the shit you could potentially do. Uh, I guess it's just hard to say for me, like what's more important than other things just because I don't use it a lot. I, I think it's like, you need to be doing something that's not Instagram outside of it. Like it's use not Instagram, a one platform thing. You know? I, I think so. I, I, I don't, I, I think the era of Instagram influencers is starting to dwindle a little bit, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of potential on there. I think depending on what you're doing and who you are. Yeah. So play around with it, figure out what you can do on there to make good content and, knows epic next twitter twitter for me is very simple keep it personal keep it directed to you people are coming on a twitter to learn about you they're not there to learn about your side shit or your projects or whatever like twitter does not have to be hard it does not have to be this uh, intense thing where you got to put like eight hours into into fucking a small twitter video which if you want to cool they'll probably do well on twitter but like the main purpose is like sharing bits of you and your personality and 
it's a really good like networking platform i think being able to engage mm-hmm. with people in your niche using dms that's how i got a lot of people on game club uh was through twitter if i have an immediate thought or an immediate update twitter's typically the first place i'll go then like discord um it's good for that type of stuff otherwise though like twitter can get kind of a cesspool if you if you use it frequently so be on the lookout for that blocked words and blocking accounts are your friend (laughs) i agree i i I pretty much agree with all that i mean i use twitter mainly for making jokes right now a lot of shit posting but also updates and personal things and a lot of networking i've gotten a lot of clients through through twitter so it can be very beneficial in those regards but as far as a consumer of the platform like i'm about to be the same as facebook man i'm about (laughs) to just stop using twitter as often because it's so disgusting it can be especially recently especially recently fair enough cool uh I was going to say Snapchat, mm. but I don't think you can really do anything on Snapchat. That I is mean, like, people still be using Snapchat, but, like... If you make nudie content, If you Yeah, Snapchat. make nudie content, hit up Snapchat, <laughs> and then you might as well be hitting up OnlyFans, too, so, like... <laughs> can we have a segment dedicated to OnlyFans? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so if you're a baddie, <laughs> make an OnlyFans account, there you go. and you ain't even got to be completely naked, simps will just give you money just for posting slightly lewd content. There you go. And honestly, like, if I was a femoid, I would be making bank on OnlyFans. So. God bless. Uh, I guess TikTok, we already kind of mentioned it earlier. But I think that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the new up-and-comer. Right. TikTok's still banging. Do yeah. it. Use it. Learn how it works. Learn what you can do on it. Same thing with uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn's yeah. more business professional. Lots of video content starting to do well on that platform, but you can also do a lot of different uh, articles. You can do a lot of networking on there as well. I should probably be doing more networking on on LinkedIn. But yeah, and then anywhere like you can you can write whether that's your website, whether that's Medium, whether that's Medium. Letterbox, wherever you can get your written articles or however you want to distribute that. Uh, written written content still a pretty powerful form, especially like for the more older crowd, but also just like a lot of people like reading, dude. Not, you know, it's it's a very this short, is true. concise way. So like, if you this aren't already, true. find a way to get some written content up there. But it's not like there's not one social I can point people to to write because you can write on any of them, you know. Right. So I would highly suggest Medium. They have a actual paid program now, and it's pretty easy to get into it. I should be using that. Because I write a good bit, but uh, definitely if you if you like writing blog posts or articles about anything, get on that. And then, yeah, Letterbox if you're into film content, that's pretty pretty good place to to do reviews on. But like depending on your niche, find forums and social media platforms and side places that allow you to create written content or content in general around the things you're passionate about and enjoy because you can network with people on those platforms pretty easily. I'll just mention discord too for, for networking. I don't really have like a whole lot to say about it, but it's still like a really good place to network type shit. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, Great place to hang out still as a whole. I'm trying to look if there's any other socials. Uh, 
Uh, we mentioned Anchor earlier. Still the best place for podcasts and audio type stuff as a whole. Twitch, yeah, for sure. still for live streaming. Um, the only one that we I don't want to talk about Reddit. I don't want to talk about Reddit at all. Uh, the only one that I have linked to that we haven't mentioned yet. Oh, T Public for merch. Uh, yeah. Patreon. Let's end on Patreon. 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 So Patreon, I think, is going to be more beneficial if you're able to provide some kind of additional content to your your viewers or your um, your audience. I know some people that are able to literally create an audience on Patreon, whether it's like an exclusive newsletter or exclusive show or live streams or podcasts or whatever anything we've already talked about could be exclusive paid content on Patreon. even discord you'd have a patreon discord even discord yeah but i i I think whatever it is you want to do on patreon as far as servicing your audience just make sure you keep up with it and do the things that you said you're going to do and i hit my mic (laughs) Uh uh-oh uh-oh stinky if you can't um if you can't do the things you've you've promise that you can do figure out ways to kind of dial it back mm-hmm. and be be consistent with it obviously absolutely but that's all the ones i can think of unless you got any more that's it again Epic. i don't want to talk about reddit i don't I think the the <laughs> biggest thing behind all of this is find places that allow you to make the content that you enjoy making yeah have fun with it and be consistent oh and be on tiktok and be on tiktok (laughs) there's that there's that you go there's that one be on tiktok be on mixer actually don't be on be on mixer if you want to be on mixer you really want to be on mixer you can it's up to you go for it chief want to be on ninjas on there if you want to be like ninja (laughs) i would argue less people should be like ninja i agree I agree. Actually. The more people we can have that's not ninja in, in our life, the better I am going to be. <laughs> no ninja 2020, everybody. Who's I agree. Who's with me on that one? <laughs> but now that we've done the social media lightning round, probably wondering, how have these boys spent an hour and they haven't even talked about YouTube yet? Well, <laughs> welcome to the oh, part of the yeah. podcast where we talk about YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess you could talk about YouTube. We only do that for our main thing. So, you know. Kind of be interesting to, to talk about it in a content creation 2020. How you be feeling about YouTube in current year, Zachary? So, like, the thing is, is, like, YouTube has gone through so many weird changes over the last few years. Mm-hmm. That I feel like I've just gotten desensitized to every change that happens. <laughs> so, at this point, I'm just like, how can I make every single one of my videos just a little bit better and still have fun with it and not lose my mind? Right. And that's how I run YouTube currently. Damn. I don't think there's anything new we could talk about. The only major, the major thing is like the old YouTube studio is gone, gone. So you have. Oh, it is. That's right. New YouTube studio is official. And honestly, hot take, it's better. Who would have thought? (gasps) Who would have thought it's actually better? Don't be a boomer. Allow yourself to change. We got there. We got there. Specifically, analytics are way better. Uh, some things are not quite where I want them to be, but for the most part, it's pretty simply laid out. Yeah. Um, you get a lot more tools that you just simply didn't have before. And now YouTube's like, yo, this is the default now. So, you know, take what you can get. There's a whole, each thing is kind of separated out a little bit better. It took me a while to learn it having the Same. old one, but, uh, I'm glad that we're on the new one now. Finally. So me too. there's that. 
obviously, uh, we had already kind of talked about like Copa and, and monetization stuff. I, I'm not going to get into it, but like the basic thing I would just take away is like more than ever, do not rely 100% on YouTube to make you any form of money because it literally is all so unstable every this month. This is true. Every day. Um, if you can monetize on other platforms, monetize on other platforms. 100%. We're just going to keep figuring that out as more and more controversies and, and stuff like Copa keeps happening. Definitely. So. Definitely. I think the thing I've learned the most is how how little I actually... like. I'm so close to getting like ad revenue on YouTube and I really honestly don't care that much because it really doesn't change a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I know it still wouldn't be a whole lot of money coming in anyways. And I would still have to deal with copyright and other bullshit monetization problems that'll come beyond that. Right. But I'm more focused on, I want to get to a certain sub count so that I can start getting more sponsors on the show. And then hopefully the channel will do better and I can start monetizing that way. I think that's the biggest way that you can you know, to have monetization on YouTube. Absolutely. It's the best way. But those are all like the major platform changes, I guess, in terms of actually making content on YouTube. There's a lot that's like still very much the same from years past. Um, There's also some things I'd like probably avoid (laughs) and new shit that I would recommend doing. Um, What are those? What are those? I'm curious what you have to say. So, like, it's so interesting watching throughout the years, seeing the types of stuff that is responded to on YouTube and the type of stuff that through the years has just gotten more and more diminished to the point where it's, like, not a great idea to do certain things. Um, Like... I don't want to say it, but like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like I have to every year because I know there are so many people that do like gaming specific content and it's always a thing where like, do I really want to debate the worthwhileness of Let's Plays on YouTube? But you know, I I can't help it. Like, I get it. I get it's it. not as big of a thing as it used mm. to be. And not at all. Seeing year and year that their value and their market share and the type of Let's Plays that are getting made are still gradually declining and gradually shifting to other forms of content. Oh, but mm-hmm. Aiden, you have a Let's Play channel. Yeah, but it's not the main damn thing, you know? Like, no. you were much better off spending your time, at least in the gaming sphere, doing literally anything else other than Let's Plays. Definitely. You know? and, that, and that's hard to hear, but it's like, it's not 2014 anymore, and, like, we need to kind of start acknowledging that more and more each year that, like, Tides are changing. We're getting shifts. We're seeing a lot more analysis content creep up by the daily. Of shit that I didn't even think would get analysis content is now starting to get analysis content. Right. We're starting to see a lot of these gaming channels like kind of focus more on like live action skits and comedy and working more with the personality to the point where in a couple years, personality might be the only thing left and that's fine. (laughs) You know? I think so, yeah. Because there's still going to be gaming channels. There's going to be shows like The Completionist and Peanut Butter Gamer and all that sort of stuff and there's going to be analysis content and obviously live streams are still going to be a thing. But that role that Let's Plays had and had for a long time is just not 
where it used to be. And that's fair to say. Whether or not you think I'm like being mean on the genre, uh, or whether you think I'm saying don't do Let's Plays at all, that's up to you. Take whatever you want out of that. I'm just saying personally, from my eyes, from how I'm seeing it, I wouldn't recommend doing Let's Plays in 2020, unfortunately. I think what I've learned about Let's Play content, and I've been... I've been actively researching Let's Plays again recently. Uh, it's in order to be successful doing Let's Play content in 2020, I feel like you have to be putting out so much content. You need to be putting out multiple Let's Play videos a day of different games that target certain people in your audience. Plus, you need to have like you need to be entertaining as fuck. Mm-hmm. And you should also be streaming and you should probably also have a podcast and you should be doing highlights of those videos on TikTok and Instagram. And, and, and so it's like just doing much akin to just streaming, not being really a possibility. Just doing Let's Plays is insanely just not a thing you should be doing. Not anymore, I don't think. And not I, anymore. And let sure, me just let me just say too that I think let's playing can be a part of a great channel. Mm-hmm, you can definitely. augment some things with let's plays. Uh, there are still channels I know that still do let's plays and do them relatively well, but like they're all with bigger audiences and they all have better content to watch. You know, definitely. so if you are going to be the type of dude that just does let's plays, uh, more than just get a podcast and get live stream and get all these other things, like Zach said, there better be some new content on that channel itself that isn't just let's plays to keep people around. Whether yeah. that's skits, whether that's reviews, whether that's analysis content, whatever form it's a show, whatever form it takes, like let's play could be a part of a successful channel, absolutely, and we're still seeing people with that. But very rarely are we seeing any more just straight up gameplay only be a thing that's popular and relevant outside from the people who are already at the top. Right. You know? And and I feel that way about like several genres. Like, <laughs> you Oh, know? definitely. It's not just Let's Play specific. I, I see it a lot of the time with all sorts of shit. Like things just kind of come and fall out of favor a lot of the time with YouTube and, it, and that doesn't mean like you need to stop or you need to quit. It just means that like, don't expect to be doing the same thing you did from 2014 now and expecting it to work. You know, don't expect to way. be full time. Let's player in 2020. That's yeah. where we're kind of getting at. Right. Yeah. Like, if you enjoy doing it, you want to do it. You want to make a let's play channel, go for it. I'm not stopping. You can prove but me that's wrong. not going to be, that's <laughs> not going to be your full time gig. Unless you're able to figure out other ways outside of just doing Let's Plays to facilitate. Or you don't care about being monetized or you don't care about growing. You don't care about growing and do whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's up to you. That's up to you, honestly. You know? Legitimately up to you. Um, But now that we kind of got that out of the way, what are some of the things you're noticing? I've noticed that there are... I, a lot of the YouTube things I've noticed recently are more from a viewer's perspective than a creator perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's because I am so, I'm so burnt out on thinking of ways to optimize YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so tired of thinking about it, honestly. 
I'm it's glad only the whole that podcast. <laughs> it's only the whole podcast, but I'm glad that we talk about other things that's not just YouTube. Right. Because it it just it, it's like the same things are gonna get you to where you need to be. It's like consistency, putting out good content, putting out better content. I I have seen that the content that I've been watching recently are channels that I've either been watching for a couple of years now that have continued to entertain me or educate me on a regular basis, but don't put out a whole lot of content. Like maybe they put out one or two videos a month or something like that. Or I'm, I'm watching content from creators that are constantly trying new things. So I am watching a let's play channel currently, but I'm not watching his let's play content. I'm watching his his um, competitive series where he plays through a, a challenge of a game with two other people every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's entertaining from a from a competitive, almost like a sports type aspect. But that I, I think it's just it still comes down to the same things we've been kind of preaching of right. making good content and putting out consistently. Exactly. To the, so that's that's like if I could if I could preach anything anymore to anybody listening to the podcast, it would be continue to make your stuff better. Continue to work on making your stuff better. Yeah. Even above consistency, man. I, I don't even think I want to preach consistency as much if you're not making good content. Sure. Because you have to have good content for consistency to work at all. You know? Yeah. I think I think for me, outside of fundamental stuff, like getting your thumbnails to a point where they're clickable. Mm-hmm. Your titles and such a way are that they're super important. appeasing, having all those links in the description and things to go to outside of YouTube, uh, using cards, using in screens, using all those new shit in the YouTube studio and like taking advantage and seeing where things are leading. Fucking mm-hmm. the new YouTube studio will just flat out tell you if like this new video isn't working well with your audience at all. It'll just it say in plain English, you mm-hmm. know, like, hey, it's great. You don't even have to look at the number anymore. You don't even have to guess. It just straight up says, yo. This video ain't doing as well. It's not performing as well, you know? And it's like trying to figure out what does perform well and doing that consistently and improving. Improving uh, every day at like maybe little minor things here and there. Mm-hmm. For me recently on Blue Couch Productions, it's been like little editing challenges, having fun with what I'm doing, discussing topics I wouldn't normally do, fixing up the thumbnails to the point where I finally feel like I'm learning shit about graphic design. You know, <laughs> like leading people uh, with other forms of content to YouTube and making those other forms of content good so that you would actually want to go there in, in the first place. Like using collabs in more beneficial ways that aren't just go check out the other channel and more of thinking of like what they will actually do for the video. What can they do for you? What can you do for them? What value does it have? And that's the big thing that I'm going to end off on with like fundamental type shit and one of the biggest lessons that i picked up on is the idea of value proposition is the idea of if someone new is clicking on your channel you have to know immediately what sort of value these channels are proposing and if they are consistent on that proposition so the basic idea here for anyone who doesn't know is that all forms of like entertainment and stuff have an inherent value proposition uh, your favorite artist, right? What do you like about Ariana Grande? Well, you like her voice, or you like the genre, or you like the type of subjects she discusses, or whatever. That's the value that you get from listening to Ariana Grande. 
Why do you like Game of Thrones? Oh, the cinematography, the shots, the characters, the writing, the fantasy battles. That's the value that Game of Thrones gives you. And I think for YouTube channels, it's doing things like, what is this channel about? What type of content do they make? Is that easily identifiable? Is it in the channel banner? Is it in the about page? Are they consistent to their promises? If Game of Thrones wasn't on one Saturday, people would be fucking pissed. Like, and outside of that, is each video valuable? Is each video bring something new to the table? Is each video funny, entertaining? Did it teach you something? Did it make you laugh? There's a lot of ways you could potentially get value out of a YouTube, out of a YouTube video. Uh, even pacing, right? Like maybe you just like content that's really short and to the point, and that's why you have value in it. Whatever it mm -hmm. is, value proposition can come in so many forms. But a lot of YouTubers, I know personally, and within our group and a lot of smaller YouTubers and all that sort of stuff, have a relatively bad value proposition. And so it makes sense why a lot of them can't get growth. Because it's unobvious about what type of content they do. They shift from place to place. Or videos are too damn long and they're not edited at all and they're not concise. Or there's obvious technical issues. <laughs> or right. the thumbnails are bad. Or the titles aren't good. Like really obvious shit. But really like working on your strengths, work on what you do well, putting 100% of time and energy into what you really do well and presenting the best damn value you possibly can video to video on your channel and improving uh, that's what's going to keep people around more than anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I can't tell you how many like videos I've been recommended on YouTube that I've like watched and been like, man, that's a really good video. I really liked that. And then I go to the channel to see what else they're doing. And there's nothing else on that channel related to the video that I just watched. Mm -hmm. Like not in topic, not in style, not, not no thumbnails that look intriguing. Like value proposition is the, the number one thing that will get me to subscribe to a channel. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it comes down to like, what, what are you putting out? How are you presenting it? And how are you packaging it? Right. Distribution, you, production, you know. Mm -hmm. If you're not stuff. doing all that stuff right, then it's going to be very hard for you to grow. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, it is all fundamentals, right? Like all that is fundamentals to having a good microphone. A lot of people, I've, I, I'll look at a thumbnail and I'll be like, man, this thumbnail really dope. I really like this. I kind of want to watch this video. And then I open it up and it's like, visually, it might even be interesting, but the microphone's bad. Mm -hmm. like, Very I'm not going to watch the rest of your video. Yep. I'm not going to do it. And then I'll, I'll see YouTubers that are in like a clo close circle of mine who will have good content, but the thumbnail's not good. And it's like, well, I didn't even want to watch this to begin with. It took me five months to get to it because the thumbnail and the title didn't intrigue me. Wished I could have watched it sooner, but you didn't present it in a way that was interesting to me. Or you don't post anything in five years. <laughs> or you don't post anything in five years. And I completely forgot you even made content in the first place. Right. Right. Or you radically shake up what you do every fucking video. <laughs> like Exactly. Exactly. Or I go to your channel and don't even know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> I can't even find mm -hmm. out, basically. And it's like, value proposition sounds like this kind of like grandiose, like really big concept. And like, how are you supposed to figure that out? And the, and the thing is, like, you already know what it's like because you're a viewer first. Think about the type of stuff you watch. Think about the type of artists you enjoy, the films you enjoy, the YouTubers you watch. Think about what inherent value draws you to them. Because let's be honest, 
time is the biggest value of them all. And we don't have all of them in the world. We're all going to run out of time. And so if anybody or anyone chooses to spend time on a piece of media or a project, there has to be some sort of value that gets you to click on it. Whether that's curiosity, intrigue, you heard about it, uh, you really like the previous director's work, you like the actor's work, whatever. And this applies to YouTube. When we're in a world where so many forms of content exist and they're all competing for your attention, working on what makes you valuable, working on what makes your channel valuable, and proposing that and distributing that in the best way possible, that's that's the game. That's the game there. More than consistency, more than uh, your gear and equipment, um, more than your niche, more than doing variety, more than whatever. It's how it all comes together and how you propose that value to other people. That's the shit that matters at the end of the day. The execution. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's going to look different from for, for different people. You're going to have to figure it out on a case-by-case basis. If you have questions specifically related to your channels, feel free to let us know because like, we'll talk about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it really comes down to, I think, experimenting a little bit, figuring out what it is you want to do on YouTube, and then executing it in a way that is digestible. Mm-hmm. And fun. And fun. And fun. I I kind of wanted my my last big thought similar to your value proposition thing is like we talk a lot about being a content creator and I feel like a lot of this podcast and a lot of like YouTube help stuff and talks at big social media events and all that kind of stuff talks a lot about the content part of that content creator I feel like we need to get more in tune with that creator aspect Absolutely. of being a content creator Human because element. it's, it's so important. I, I can't tell you how much, how more beneficial it is to not be too hyper-focused on what do I got to put out today? What do I got to put out today? What do I got to put out today? And being a little bit more focused on how can I make this video I'm editing right now better? How can I, how can I be better on the next one as in terms of my my script, writing it, in terms of when I record it, can I have a better presentation on camera? Can I package this in a better way with the, with the thumbnail and stuff like that? Can I just make it an overall better piece of art? Because that, that should be what's driving us to begin with anyways. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I, it's definitely helped me a lot lately. Over the last few months, over the last year, I'd even argue with a lot of what I've put out. It's been more along the lines of reflecting on what I have done, reflecting on what I want to do, and kind of trying to be more in the moment of what I'm working on and being like, yo, how can I make this a good piece of art rather than how can I upload 12 things today? (laughs) I think like it can be very easy to fall back on your past to think about all those sort of things. And especially the other way around, thinking about the future, where you Mm -hmm. have to be in the next month, what things you have to do by the end of this year. And having goals is important. Reflecting on your past work is important for sure. But I feel like sometimes we as content creators put too much emphasis on that and less about, you know, the thing that actually matters. Each video in the present moment, making it the best thing we possibly can and having fun and like legitimately enjoying the type of stuff we create. If you don't even like the fucking content that you make, there's no point after that. You know? Agreed. 
and a lot you can you can see a lot of people like don't even like the content they make and are doing it out of some other arbitrary reason and it's like yeah i would like to grow i would like to you know get to a lot of things i, I have a lot of aspirations creatively but it's like if I'm going to get there at the end of the day, I'm going to have to look back on my work and be proud of it. And if I'm not proud of it, then there's, there's no point. I over 2019 and through 2020, I think one of the main things, at least for blue catch productions that really helped set things in focus was, was getting in the mindset of like, there should be no fucking video on my channel. That's filler. Mm -hmm. For sure. I don't have a need for that anymore. It was fine when I was just experimenting and trying things and I just wanted uploads because, oh, uploads are a good thing. The more I upload, the more consistent I am, yada, yada, yada. Where, like, at the end of the day, I did 400 videos. And how many of them are actually really good 30? You know? Because I spent mm -hmm. more time trying to just put shit out. Because I spent more time trying to trying to work on so many things. And so many of those videos aren't even good anymore. <laughs> you know? Right. Exactly. And so now it's the thing where, like, all right, I only have 30. I have a fresh slate. Every video on the channel I love and I'm so proud of and I want to showcase that to the world. And everything that I'm not proud of, everything I don't like is on an unlisted playlist if you want to watch it. If you want. Recommend not. But if you want, it's there. And from here on out, I can focus on making sure that each video is the best video that I've made, releasing it, loving it, having fun with it, and, and like you said, continuing to learn and improve and, and loving the learning. You know, mm. I still love when I can find out something new about GIMP. I still love like trying things like DaVinci Resolve out to sort of improve my editing. You know, I love figuring out about drop shadows and backgrounds and color theory and like scripting and, and voiceover and all this sort of stuff. YouTube's incredibly fun and rewarding and inspirational and teaches you a lot about yourself, but. At the same time, if you want it to, it very much can just be fucking busy work. It can, and absolutely. And I advise all y'all, whether <laughs> you're doing one project or 30 projects, or if you're just on YouTube, if you're on everything, don't make busy work. Have fun with what you're doing. Love what you're doing. Be passionate about what you're doing. Whether it's just you stream, make it the best stream you can, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when it's over, I was on to the next stream. <laughs> yeah have, exactly you know don't let it bother you don't let that shit weigh you down because it so easily can very much turn out that way you can get so anxious about the future but the most important thing that matters is the present moment and really taking mm -hmm. advantage of what we have now you know because i don't think it's possible for everything i do from this point onwards to be good yeah i think i'm still gonna put out bad videos i think i'm gonna still put out bad content in general but i think if i go into every project with a mindset of I want to improve. I want to be better. I want to try to make this entertaining. Then it's at least going to be better than a lot of the things I put out in the past. Yeah. <laughs> and that's good. So it made me fill our content two years down the road. But as long as that particular day, whatever I put out, I tried my best on. Whether I felt like I was up to it or not. I think that's the mindset that as a creator first, we, we should be putting putting forth it's so easy to create without thinking creating without mm -hmm. challenge creating without loving it and just the the sake of creating just for the sake of creating is something that's very like 
in our world today is almost like encouraged just with how much content you're told to put out and how many things you're supposed to be working on and how many projects you're supposed to be working on. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I, I love creating for not what it, not what it does to YouTube or the other platforms, but from that personal gain, that personal drive, that, that thing that it does to me as, as the person, you know, mm-hmm, that's, that's why definitely. I love making stuff. That's why I love, that's why I loved watching YouTube in the first place, you know, seeing really good videos and, and really good content and being inspired to do things with that. I'd hope that any video I make, if somebody stepped across it or clicked it today would be inspired to either like try out the piece of media that I'm talking about or to try the YouTube thing themselves. Cause it seems fun. Right. And it can seem th- fun. Um, I want to challenge myself more. I want to like go outside the typical easy things to do, uh, whether it's on YouTube or other stuff. Like I want to do all that. And at the same time, like just realize that my mental health is far more important than that. Getting rest is far more important than that. Making sure I'm happy is far more important than any of that. And really be making sure that like when it's all said and done, like I'll like a lot of the content that I make and I'll also be, at the end of the day, a human that's not like depressed and feeling like I did the same thing for 30 years and feeling like I got nowhere. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Focusing on happiness. It's hard. It's not, none of it's easy. Mm -hmm. And it's, well, and it's, you know, I started getting into content because I've wanted to make my hobbies productive, right? Like I, I did let's plays because I wanted to play more games. I started doing movie reviews because I wanted to watch more movies. And so it's, I've been slowly trying to get out of that mindset because not only does it hinder, not only does it hinder me from consuming more content than I want to consume in the first place, but it also hinders the creative aspect of the content that I'm putting out. Mm -hmm. And so finding that balance is something that I'll always be striving towards towards working, you know, working towards, but also like you said, like every single piece of content should help you become just a better person for it should make you happier in the long run, I think. And if it doesn't like pivot from there, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. find ways to make it. So that's the case, you know, definitely because it's so easy to go on autopilot. So it's incredibly easy post things for the sake of posting things and starting projects just for the sake of starting projects and announcing things on Twitter because, uh Oh, your brain liked the dopamine rush, you know, mm-hmm. but like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many projects you announced or how many things you did or how many uploads you made. It's like thinking about the legacy and what's going to be gone when you're gone, you know, what's going to be left when you're gone, what's going to be the body of work that people stumble on. 90 years down the road when you're not around, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like taking it back to the last episode where we did the your week on YouTube stuff. It's like, I could have done, I could have kept on trying to do that CW channel where I reviewed episodes of TV shows. And I still think that could be a very successful YouTube channel and podcast, and it could be monetizable. And like in a year, I think it could do really well, but I am going to fucking hate doing it. Mm. And I would hate for that to be the thing that I end up pivoting to, you know, I'd hate for like 10 years down the road, be like, yo, 
I'm this big TV episode reviewer and I'm making $100,000 a year doing that. But boy, do I hate the content I'm making. Yeah. Being self-aware. Realizing where you're at. Realizing Mm -hmm. that, oh, maybe it do be time for me to do wild and shit. Or, oh, maybe it's the time I need to focus down on one specific form of content. Following your passions, your curiosities. I want to talk about a Disney movie. Go talk about the Disney movie, you know? I want to play a game. Go play the game, you know? We get in our own heads a lot of, like, what type of shit would be best for YouTube and then the type of shit that we actually want to do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, like, I... I want to kind of trust my gut a little bit more and be like, yo, that type of thing you want to do, that is interesting. And that is worth the video. Exactly. You know? And you should go film that and not wait a month later when it's not going to be as fun. <laughs> true. Yeah. Very true. We, we, you know, we know a lot that we don't, like, give ourselves credit for, you know? Oh, absolutely. We don't really, we don't really do that. And so, like, listening to yourself, listening to where you're at, where your body's at, where your friends are at, where your communications is at, all that sort of stuff. And uh, enjoy the ride for what it is, you know? Enjoy the moment to moment and focus on learning and adapting, I think, above all else. More than consistency, more than anything else. I concur. Epic, bro. So I, I guess... I think I think I'm good with the topic. What about you? Yeah. I, I mentioned everything. I guess, like, we'd already kind of talked about, like, our own 2020 plans, but obviously that mm. was feels like eons ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to get the whole 2020 Zach content creation strategy plan. But, like, if you have a summary version of that, of where you're at now, what would that be like? I think because I'm still very busy with my client work and because I'm still, like, like trying to make that as self-sufficient as possible. My content plan is going to change by the end of the year. So I, I, I can't give you like a very specific, I'm going to do this every single day for the rest of the year. Um, I, I'd love to, I'd love to do a yen episode every day and do a live stream like once or twice a week and do this, 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 this. I'd love for that to happen, but I'm not going to be unrealistic and, and say that and it not happen. Mm-hmm. So instead, like what my main goals have been lately have been to like, number one, have fun with what I'm doing. Number two, realize the potential of what I could be doing and what I have and try not to like, try not to waste that because there are plenty of days where I could just be laying in bed and say, well, this doesn't matter because it's not paying me money. But if I keep on making the things that I enjoy doing a priority, then it will be successful eventually. Um, and then number, number three, like continue to work towards, you know, some kind of consistency, whether that means having a specific schedule or whether that means at least going without, at least not going an entire month without putting anything out again. Cause that's just ridiculous. (laughs) That's, that's my, kind of like short summary i guess okay i still want to try wild and ideas i still want to experiment i still want to get better and better with every single video that i put out on the main channel but above all else i just want to have fun with it i respect that it's really really epic of you zach thanks be saying shit like that uh i'm very much the same way um there are obviously things that like 
I would like by the end of the year. Like, I would love for Back to the Video Game Season 2 to be done this year, you know? For sure. And have more than just 10 episodes. Mm -hmm. And, like, have have a cohesive theme. And, like, have all the episodes be better than the ones in Season 1. You know? Like, Mm -hmm. goals, wishes. Uh, And when it comes to the non-Back to the Video Game stuff, like doing things more like the AVGN video where I just get the idea in my head, I record and I make it and it's done, you know? And I like continue to do like spur of the moment type video stuff like that. And really like take a look at some media that I've been wanting to for a long time. Like I think I've had the idea of talking about music on the channel since 2017 or 2018. (laughs) And have yet to do that out of fear of like, it not being interesting or not being fun or me sounding like a dumbass or whatever. I just never done it. Like, it'd be so cool if this was the year where it was like, you know, I'm going to talk about some 2005 pop bangers <laughs> that I remember <laughs> as a child and just post that out one day and like watch it inevitably get taken down by copyright and then being like, all right, well, the video's still good though. So, you know, we so take, you the, go. we take the W like that type of shit would be really fun. Um, and then when it comes to just all the, all the side project shit, like I want to play a lot of games on LHG. I want to experiment with a lot of things in my steam library for my Twitch streams. I want to be more honest on a non anchor. I want to give more great advice for another YouTube podcast, but all of that is just goals, just ideas, just wishes. Right. They're not, for sure. they're not things that are guaranteed to happen and they might never happen as far as I know. Um, what I can do and what I can control is, is working and improving on, on the things that like I have a stake in of like improving every video on blue couch productions, having fun with what I'm doing, trying out more weird and wacky ideas and leaning in more on me to where I don't feel like I have to be this professional robot in every video. And I can just get real wacky and stupid if I want to. Definitely. Because the Aiden and Discord calls and the Aiden and videos are two different people. <laughs> they do be. They do yeah. be. So, like, you know, that type of shit. Um, things that I can actually control and have influence in and, and have fun with, I think is good. And then outside of YouTube, like, having finances, going outside, <laughs> walking, interacting with human beings, <laughs> etc. Those I those are that. frankly more epic than YouTube goals could ever be, you know. That's that's wonderful. Um I agree. But yeah, I wanna have fun, I wanna improve, I wanna try new things, I wanna get risky, I wanna lean in with myself, and I wanna be I think last but not least, just thankful to all the people that got me to the point where where I am. Whether that's people in Discord, uh people on Twitter, people who watch me on YouTube, at every moment I can being grateful to the people who have given a lot of stuff to me and letting them know in things like a non acre and just dedicating whole episodes to really epic people. I love giving back. I love letting people know how much of an impact they've made on me. And and it's kind of, as kind of homosexual as it sounds, (laughs) it really do make me feel like a, you know, a more well-rounded human being to, to pay back to the people who helped get me here. You know, I want to be more definitely in general. Definitely. I want to find ways to where I can be more active in my Discord server again mm-hmm. and, and do it in a way that's not not hindering my creativity and my own personal time because 
Discord is easy to get really just stuck in talking about dumb shit with people for hours on end. Sure does. And I think that's why I stopped being so active on it. Um, but I think uh, the more the more people I can try to move over from the YouTube channel to the Discord, that'll help. And the more I can just kind of, you know, I, I, I at least want people to understand that, like, I'm appreciative that they're here. If they want to talk, like, I'm always going to be there. I just don't necessarily initiate every conversation. That's fair. There's some conversations, like, I just can't contribute to <laughs> at yeah. all. You know, I ain't got anything interesting to say. It's unfortunate. So, but what are you going to do? For sure. But yeah, that's the basic summary of mine, I guess. Kind of a little bit of a, a sequel to the last episode we did. And, uh, yeah. You know, even in parts, taking bits from that, that canceled 2019 review episode and condensing that into a more, like, actually listenable and fun episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it was not, it was not fun. It was also four hours. It was also oh. four hours. I feel like four we, hours. We did a we did a way better job this time around. I don't feel the need to do a 2019 review again. You know, I got it. I don't I need got it to in this episode. <laughs> we're good. We're yeah. good now. We did it. We did 2020 plans. We're we're we're, we're done looking to the future. We've given you guys a lot of advice. Hopefully, some of it's interesting. <laughs> Hopefully, some it's of it's helpful. helpful. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back doing this podcast. I miss this shit so much. I keep bringing in YouTube advice on Anon Anchor, and I imagine people <laughs> are starting to get sick of that. So I can move it here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we're back too. I kind of, I I was the reason we didn't come back a little bit, you know, sooner, just because I wanted to, I wanted to distance myself from the the big depressive Zach boy hours and kind of, you know, figure out some of my own personal shit. Because let's be honest. The more of the more YouTube stuff we do on our own, the more this podcast does get affected. Yeah. And so like a lot of our own creative personal thoughts surrounding content creation uh, just directly drips into the podcast. Mm -hmm. So I am I am glad that we're finally back and we're able to talk about these things because it is such a big part of my life. It's a big part of all of both of our lives. And it helps to have a place to talk about it. I think so. And I think like for you guys, as far as like what we're doing, like we already talked about like the new format and how we want to like get some episodes out to you guys. But like the past couple of YouTube podcast episodes, especially were kind of a eye opening and just like how me and Zach talk to each other nowadays. And I really want to make an effort to if i have zach in a discord call and if we are recording a podcast that it's not consciously or subconsciously like me making him feel bad you know i i get you i want like i get you i want the podcast to be a little bit more positive than it's been the past couple episodes because we'd be gaslighting each other in private calls and it's kind of funny but like it is in a funny. podcast format, it's probably not the best to listen to. Yeah, like so. I I, yeah. I want to be I want to be respectful with Zach's time, and I want to be respectful with your guys' time. So like, that means Same. focusing a lot more on solutions than problems. It means like we're probably not gonna get into like really dumb YouTube drama as much. You this know? is true. 
it probably means that like I want to put more positive energy into the world through this podcast than negative stuff. So you might not be getting the Aiden boy depressive hours every episode. And that's fine. I can keep that in myself. Anybody want to hear it? It could probably be a therapist, if I'm being honest. You know, I can, Honestly. I can yeah. have another therapy podcast and actually do that. <laughs> See if they're interested. I might can make that into content. Who knows? I don't know if they'd be down Ooh. for it. Well, it's been an interesting social experiment, I think, for both of us. Not only with this podcast, but our own individual podcasts. Where, like, it, it, this is this is our life. Like, this yeah. is mainly what we do. And so when we make a podcast talking about our life, like everything that encompasses that comes into the podcast. And I, I think that that could be interesting for some people who want the entire story behind what we do. But I would argue probably for the majority, they don't need to listen to every little problem that we have. <laughs> and I think even as honestly, I think what I'm, I'm kind of realizing is. It might not even be good for our own mental health to kind of complain about everything on a podcast. Right. At least not some things. At least not some things. Some I'm things always down for, sure. for petty bitching. All right. Let's absolutely. Make that clear. Complaining yeah. about Facebook. Absolutely. Complaining about Keemstar. Uh, that's Hell epic. Yeah. Complaining about YouTube's fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like complaining about my own life. Kind of like, okay, <laughs> we get yeah. it. <laughs> we get it. Shit sucks. Yeah. Go fix it. Stop talking about it. I I really got the impression that, like, in some form or manner, me and you kind of used this podcast and created, like, a negative vibe around it. Mm-hmm. And I want to, going forward, to be sure that, like, you and me are still having fun each other. So Definitely. That's that is that is why. That is 100% why. I was like, yo, can we take a break? <laughs> yeah. You know? I was like, I, I, I need to... Uh, Need That's partially my bad. So, you know, I, I need nah, to, it's fine. to be on my shit. <laughs> it's my fault, too, because I was like, yo, we are not, it's, it wasn't really positive right there towards the last couple episodes. And so I'm, you know, taking that step back, I think it's going to help both of us be a little bit more positive. Absolutely. For sure. But, uh, yeah, That's all I got to say about Same. 2020 content creation and our return back to the to the podcast. Uh, if you haven't already, go check out the Your Week on YouTube episode if you want some of that more personal stuff. It's just basically mm-hmm. a recap of what we've been doing, if you find that interesting. I guess just uh, mm-hmm. overall, 2020 content creation. Still a wild and wacky world out there. A lot of opportunities. It, it is. A lot of shit to be made. And have fun. Have and, fun. Number one priority, as yeah. always. Yeah. Do you want to read some comments? I do want to read some comments we haven't done this in a while i've been we have very excited uh zach did check the uh the the email <laughs> and while we didn't find comments we did find some pretty epic replies i gotta say yeah i had um i had about 30 postmates emails in the in the email <laughs> So I've I've now officially unsubscribed from the Postmates on there. So you won't don't worry, Zach will still be anymore. eating Postmates. Just I'll still be-, be using Postmates, just not with that email. So. <laughs> just not with that email. It's fine. <laughs> but if you want to send comments, that's the email. Another YT podcast. Yes. Please do. Please do. Comments, suggestions, death threats, docs information. If you want to be in for interviewed, all that kind of stuff. 
feel free to email us at that. Epic. But uh, you um, have a patient comment? Sure. Um, this is from episode 46, which came out on December 4th, 2019. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a hot minute, so I'm not even going to know <laughs> if this comment, if I'm even going to understand it. But, That's uh, fair. I'll go for it anyway. Uh, she She says... This bitch really didn't play I'm Quitting YouTube the second the podcast started. Referring to the uh, the Zack Snyder comedy music song yeah. of, of similar name. Um, did play it at the end, though. Kind of a bop, so. Doobie. Uh, negative 5 out of 10. You better fucking <laughs> sing that line when you read this comment out. And no, having it play at the end does not count. <laughs> oh, damn. So not only did she clout on you. But she now is going to clown on me for me not singing the line in the comment. Because I guess she thought you were going to. So. Well, joke's on her. It's been three months since uh, this comment was posted. So <laughs> that's what she, she probably get. don't even remember posting it. She probably don't. Yeah, so whatever. Uh, she then adds, who would have thought Facebook is not a good platform for anything whatsoever that isn't 40-year-old depressed single mother spreading dumbass anti-vax propaganda? <laughs> this is true. This is very, very true. I'm not surprised Facebook has been inflating metrics, unironically the worst platform. People really were confused when, as a kid, people asked if I had a Facebook and I said no. Well, who's laughing now, bitch? Who's laughing now? <laughs> it's me. I'm laughing at all you stupid fucks who ever use Facebook. In comment. All right, Damn. Joker. Damn. It's been, the, it's, been the, it's been the comment with the most patient swears. Usually she just leaves us with like a novel. But this time, there's so much swear words. You know? Short, sweet, and to the fucking point. She said, bitch, fucking, dumbass, fucks. I'm trying to see if I missed any. I don't think so. She really hit us with a lot of content. You know? I appreciate it. Thank you for the comment, patient. Wild. I'm sure you're happy Thank to see you the podcast. Thank you, as part. always. I'm going to give her a little heart. Damn. Boom. Heart. Damn. But we That's have another elite. comment. We do. I'll let you read that one. <laughs> from uh, from Sakura Angel. Yeah. It says, I started listening to these podcasts and I think I'm addicted to them. So I gave you a sub. Can you give one back? And that's well, the comment. Did you give one back? <laughs> I did not. Unfortunately. What? You didn't give, give a sub back? Why, why, why would that not. be Zachary Snyder? <laughs> well, we did an entire episode called Do Not Do Sub for Sub. I know it feels like a, a year, uh, a couple of years ago, because it was, but like... It was episode six, I think. It was early on. Yeah, we don't do sub for sub in this house. It's unfortunate. So. It's, it's funny to get comments like that on this channel. It's very you know? funny, yeah. It's it's one thing to get it on like my own or your own or like side channels, because we really don't mm -hmm. like say anything about it. Definitely. But I'm pretty sure even outside of the sub for sub episodes, we've trashed on the concept multiple times. You know, maybe it's been a hot minute, but in case, you know, you're wondering, does Aiden and Zach still not like sub for sub in 2020? The answer is yes. The <laughs> answer is absolutely yes. I, I, I will go ahead and say if Soccer Angel actually is listening to the podcasts and actually is addicted to them, we want to thank you. Like, seriously, we appreciate, appreciate you. This is the only comment I've seen, though. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, I, I, I would appreciate it, like. You know, continue listening. Hopefully you can find out some some useful information. She do got a kind of epic channel, epic little gaming content channel with some League of Legends and some Minecraft. Minecraft. Mm -hmm. The thumbnails are dope. Like, okay. Looks like it could be some epic content. Um, but I also don't sub 
to really anything with this this particular channel. First off, and and also sub for sub, lol, doesn't work. Don't do it. Stop. I have to agree. <laughs> Please. <laughs> that change. That's that. That's gonna be a thing every year. It's not gonna be a ooh maybe sub for sub epic now. It's not not gonna happen. Please do not ask. We will sub for sub at all. Sometimes it's sad because sometimes their content actually be good. But out of principle, I gotta be like, well, mm. yikes. I don't, I, I don't know. I. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little, a, little, a little wild, to say the least. But that's all the comments we have. Again, leave them in YouTube videos. Leave them at the email. Let us know what you thought about the episode. Let us know what you want us to talk about next. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. You can even leave your comments on Aiden's doorstep. He lives at. <laughs> Redacted. <laughs> Redacted. Sorry we had to cut that part out, everybody. Fortunately, Zach said some things that shouldn't be mentioned on the <laughs> podcast. But, you know what? It's been a while, I you know. I don't blame Zach for the mental error. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Apparently, Aiden yeah. done one mail at his house from another YouTube podcast. No, I don't like reading, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Especially not from you losers, all right? I don't want none of your mail. That <laughs> is entirely fair. You're going to get an entire patient novel in the mail. <laughs> Just an actual book. Like, an actual book. A patient's response. <laughs> got to read the whole damn thing to figure out what she's talking about. <laughs> Looking We're not going to be reading it. or comment on it. It's just going to be a book review. Oh, Looking man. forward to it. But anyways, I, I think we're good. I think yeah. we're good. Go check out the sponsor, Awesome Creator Academy. Absolutely. We appreciate those boys. And uh, really appreciate you all listening to this as well. How else can you support the podcast, Zachary? <gasps> you can support it by going to anchor.fm slash another dash YouTube dash podcast. Be a supporter of us monthly. If you would like to, you can spend your money on us and we'll work towards being more consistent. That's that's the plan. Epic. That's the plan. But also, just by listening to us every single week helps us. If you prefer the podcast, uh, the listening places, you can go on to the Anchor website and follow us on Spotify. Give us an Apple review, all that kind of stuff. But if you prefer to watch us on YouTube, then that always helps. Do a little sub, all that good stuff. Basically, you know. if there is a platform you listen to this on and you can follow it, why don't you follow it? Yeah, it helps the algorithms and maybe we can get more people uh, to not only listen to the podcast, but we can get more people on it and Interview continue to stuff. provide, hopefully, hopefully some epic content in 2020. That would be Absolutely. dope. Cool. But with all that being said, I've been Zach. And I've been Aiden. And we want to thank you for listening to this episode of another YouTube podcast. Cool. Can I go jack off? Is that a, um, is that a thing? Um, do, I, do I have to click yeah. the stop button first? Because I kind of want to. probably. Kind of far away, you know? Yeah, so Aiden lives at. Redacted. Ah!